Welcome back to Fat Trucker Podcast. Got some news for this episode. COVID-19 has entered our house. My wife's daughter, my stepdaughter, has tested positive for COVID-19. She's over here often. My wife babysits her baby, the brand new baby that I've referred to in previous episodes. So yeah, it sucks. None of us are showing yet, and it's just too soon to know there you know there is a chance that we did not get it in the in the limited contact that we've had with the daughter there is a chance that we did not get it however we're all pretty sure that we probably have and it just hasn't been long enough it's only been since the daughter and the mother my wife and the daughter contact last was last thursday so you know still way too early Way too early to know. It'll probably be next Wednesday. You know, if we're not showing anything by next Wednesday or Thursday, I'll start to relax a little bit more. Yeah, we're we're probably gonna have it. So that re, you know, that really brings me to it. It made me circle back around and start researching vitamins and supplementation again, and you know, preventing bad cases of COVID-19. I'm doing everything right diet-wise. I'm on a very anti-inflammatory diet right now. One meal a day, very strict. Ketogenic meals, very strict, so good there. My wife is very healthy, relatively speaking. Uh, You know, for the most part, we're fairly confident, you know, as confident as you can be going into a situation like this. So, that brings me to what I really want to talk about is there has finally been a clinical trial for vitamin D3. I have mentioned vitamin D3 in prior episodes. There has finally been a clinical trial for vitamin D3 versus COVID-19. Finally. So I'm going to get to that, then a brief message from our sponsor, and then I'm going to talk about zinc, which is there's still no clinical trial for, but there's a lot of very nice research. All right, let's get on with the vitamin D. Clinical trial. The vitamin D clinical trial, uh, the first trial, therapy versus best available therapy and intensive care unit admission and mortality among patients hospitalized for COVID-19, a pilot randomized clinical study, Spain, Journal of Steroid Biochemistry and Molecular Biology. Before I go any further, keep in mind that I am a truck driver. Do not take medical advice from a truck driver. I am sharing my research that I have found and I'm telling you what I'm doing. Don't do what I do. Anyway, on with the show. So the objective, uh, the vitam- that vitamin D decreases acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is lung inflammation, effect of cal- calcifediol treatment, and that is what vitamin D becomes after it has done vitamin D when you take vitamin D or you make vitamin D in your skin it's vitamin D and then it goes to the liver it becomes uh, the next chain of vitamin D and then it goes to your kidney and it becomes the next chain of vitamin D and after it comes out of your kidney it is calcifidiol or uh, let's see it is also is that word okay I don't see it I'll come to it in a minute oh yeah 25 hydroxy vitamin D okay uh, cal- calcifediol can rapidly increase serum to 50-HD concentration. 250-HD concentration, I think, is what it is when it comes out of the kidneys. 
So, in, uh, intensive care unit admission and mortality, Spanish patients hospitalized for COVID-19. These are all patients that have already gone in to the hospital and seeking hospital treatment. Uh, parallel pilot randomized double mask, that means double blind clinical trial setting. Reina Sofia University Hospital, Cordoba, Spain. Participants, 76 consecutive patients hospitalized with COVID-19. Very small clinical trial. I certainly wish there was more than that. This, the, the wait until you get, wait until I get to the results. You'll see that the results definitely warrant additional research. And surely to goodness, they will think so too. Uh, clinical picture of acute respiratory infection confirmed by a radiographic pattern of viral pneumonia, a positive SARS-CoV-2 PCR test, and then the procedures are all hospitalized patients received as best available therapy, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. azithromycin. They are, everybody in this trial is getting the best standard of care, and then they're adding oral calcifediol, which is the what vitamin D becomes to become the active vitamin D. So the trial is allocated two to one, so there are uh, 76 patients, so 50 of them are getting the, the vitamin, the active vitamin D supplement, and 25 of them are not. I'm guessing that's the numbers. Okay, yeah. 50 patients treated with calcifidiol, and I'm sure I'm not saying that right. One required admission to the ICU, 2%. Of the 26 untreated patients, 13 required admission at 50%. So, 50 patients treated with it, with active vitamin D, one required admission to the ICU. 26 patients that did not get the active vitamin D, 13 of those required ICU admission. Of the patients treated, none died and all were discharged without complications. 50 out of 50 went home and went on with their lives. Of the patients that were not treated, the 25, 26 patients that were not treated, two of them died. Conclusion. Calcifediol, which is the active vitamin D, seems to be able to reduce severity of the disease. Larger trials with groups properly matched will be required. Yes, please do. Rationale activation of the vitamin D receptor signaling pathways reduced ARDS, reduced cytokine chemokine storm. We've heard of the cytokine storm before. This reduced that, regulated the renin angiotensin system. I don't know what that is. I'm a truck driver, modulating neutrophil activity, maintaining the integrity of the pulmonary epithelial barrier, stimulating epithelial barrier, and tapering down the increased coagulability. I do know what that one is. When they, when they, uh, when some of these patients that are dying from it, and they, and they do a uh, autopsy, they have. Uh, blood clots throughout their entire body and the this vitamin D is lessening tampering down increased coagulability and that is the blood clots lessening blood clots within the body so that is the vitamin D that is the first clinical trial of vitamin D versus COVID 
a little bit more information that I'd like to pass on. About 42% of the U.S. population is, is vitamin D deficient. Of those, 82% of black Americans are vitamin D deficient. 70% of Hispanics are vitamin D deficient. And basically what that comes down to is your skin makes vitamin D from the sun, the darker your skin, whether it be from melatonin because of your hereditary background or because you have a you're completely white but you have a very dark tan that will also do it the darker your skin the less vitamin d that your skin makes in the same amount of time so 70 percent hispanics 82 percent black people that is pretty I mean, that kind of makes sense uh, the more north you go the more north latitude you go the less the less uh intense sun exposure you're getting so you know take vitamin d they're very cheap they're extremely cheap take vitamin d you know when maybe it won't do nothing but uh, with everything that we're saying it will probably save your life that's what we want talk about zinc. Zinc is kind of right there with vitamin D. Uh, low levels at clinical admission associates with poor outcomes in COVID-19 from the 11th of October. I will supply a link to this paper. Zinc balances immune response and also has a proven direct antiviral action against some viruses. Key sentence, important sentence right there. Zinc balances immune responses and also has a proven direct antiviral action. Proven direct antiviral action against some viruses. Zinc deficiency is a common condition in elderly and individuals with chronic diseases. We know those are the ones that do the worst against COVID-19. Increased inter intercellular zinc concentrations efficiently impair replication of the virus. That's what we want. That means the more zinc that you have, the less easy that the virus can replicate itself, and that results in a lower number of viruses. This is a retrospective analysis, which means they're only analyzing what has already happened. It's in patients admitted in Barcelona, 15th of March to 30th of April 2020, clinical severity of COVID-19, and PMH assessed. Previous medical history, PMH. Fasting plasma zinc levels measured routinely at admission. <clears throat> this was initially going to study 611 patients in mean age of 63 years. They uh, suddenly got busy and were only to, uh, able to evaluate 249. So of the 249 that they did evaluate, 21 died. That's 8%. Baseline zinc levels of those that died of 21 people, the mean plasma zinc levels was 43 micrograms per deciliter, or deciliter, DL. Survived 228 people, mean plasma zinc levels of 63.1 micrograms per DL. <clears throat> 
higher zinc levels associated with lower maximum levels of interleukin-6 during the period of active infect infection. Interleukin-6 is a cytokine. It is one of the cytokines that is uh, part of the cytokine storm that they so often talk about with COVID-19. Part of the reason people are dying is because of the cytokine uh, uh, yeah, storm. Interleukin-6 is that cytokine storm. Zinc level lower than 50 micrograms DL at admission are were 2 to 3 2.3 times increased risk of in-hospital death compared with those of 50 mcgs per DL or higher. Lower zinc levels at admission correlate with higher inflammation in the course of affection and poor outcome. Low plasma zinc levels at admission are associated with mortality in COVID COVID-19 in the study. Further studies are needed to assess the therapeutic impact of this association. Please, yes, more studies. COVID-19 poor outcomes in patients with zinc deficiency. International Journal of Infectious Diseases, November 2020. Shanghai, India. Prospective study of fasting zinc levels COVID-19 patients at, this, at the time of hospitalization. Healthy controls median 105.8 mcg DL, that is... 105 micrograms per DL versus the other one that was only showing, uh, comparing 50 micrograms or higher to those that are 50 or lower. This one's healthy control medium of 105.8, and they're saying that they're basically saying that the other study, all of them are low in zinc. That's basically what it's saying. So healthy control median 105.8 micrograms DL. <clears throat> Zinc is a trace element with potent immunoregulatory and antiviral properties. Says it in this paper too. Antiviral properties. Zinc. Take some zinc, people. It's utilized. Is utilized. She is utilized in the treatment of coronavirus disease 2019. COVID-19 patients with serious COVID-19 had significantly low zinc levels in comparison to healthy controls. Zinc-deficient COVID patients developed more complications. Zinc-deficient patients, 70.4% developed complications. If you're zinc-deficient, you are 70.4% likely to develop complications. Non-zinc-deficient, you are 30% chance developing complications. Acute respiratory distress, distress syndrome, more needs of steroid, increased mortality. Zinc-deficient COVID patients had a prolonged hospital stay. Zinc-deficient patients stayed for 7.9 days. Non-zinc-deficient patients stayed for 5.7 days. In vitro studies. Reduced zinc levels increased SARS-CoV-2 virus receptor interactions. Increased zinc levels inhibit ACE2 expression. <clears throat> awesome. Take zinc. Take vitamin D. Take a multivitamin. It's got both of those in it. So another paper, what zinc does, catalytic activity of approximately 100 enzymes plays a role in immune function, protein synthesis, wound healing, DNA synthesis, cell division, normal growth and development, pregnancy, childhood, adolescence, required for sense of taste and smell. What is one of the symptoms of COVID-19? You lose your taste and smell. My daughter has lost her sense of taste and smell two days ago. Zinc and immunity, zinc, uh, severe zinc, zinc deficiency depresses immune function. 
Even mild to moderate degrees of zinc deficiency can impair macrophage and nitrophil functions, natural killer cell activity, and complement activity. Body requires zinc to develop and activate T lymphocytes that is part of your immune system, your lymph nodes. Low zinc levels have shown reduced lymphocyte proliferation that can be corrected by zinc supplementation. Take zinc, in other words. Low zinc status has been associated with increased susceptibility to pneumonia, other infections in children in developing countries and the elderly. Food with high vitamin, no, foods with high zinc. Oysters. Oysters are off the charts when it comes to zinc. If you eat oysters regularly, you don't need a supplement. I don't eat oysters. I don't plan on starting. Uh, other foods include seafood, beef, pork, baked beans, fortified cereals, pumpkin seeds, yogurt, cashew nuts, chickpeas, oats, almonds, vitamin D and zinc, both. Take them both. They can both be bought for little amount of money. But yeah, I mean, if this episode doesn't tell you anything other than, you know, take, get vitamin D, be it by the sun, or by supplementation. Get zinc, probably by supplementation, if you don't care for oysters any more than I do. I am probably not deficient in either one of those, but I'm still taking a multi-day, multi-vitamin, multi-supplement, Nature's Way Alive. You buy it at Walmart. I've seen it Walmart. I've seen it at Walgreens. I've seen it at CVS. You can buy this thing any. Nature's Way is supposed to be a pretty good uh, a pretty good brand. I got a live men's energy. My wife has a live nature's way alive women's energy. <clears throat> the vitamin D in this is 40 MCG and that says it's 200% of USRDA, which USRDA really don't tell you much. It just tells you how much you need to, how many vitamins you need to not die, basically. And then, uh, side note, that taking a lot of uh, zinc for some reason blocks your ability to take in copper, but multivitamin has both zinc and copper, so it's, if you do it by multivitamin, you should be fine. And the zinc in this is uh, 16.5 mg, which I think is, no, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 16.5 mg, which is 150% of USRDA. So if you're looking for zinc supplementation, then I'm going to tell you a couple of different kinds, what uh, benefits are, and these are some that you'll find. You'll want to know what they are. But first one, zinc gluconate. It's one of the most common over-the-counter forms of zinc. It's usually found in cold remedies and lozenges and nasal sprays. I believe it's probably what's in Zycam, not sure. Next one, zinc acetate, like zinc gluconate. It's often added to cold lozenges to reduce symptoms and speed up late the rate of recovery. Next one, zinc sulfate. In addition to helping prevent zinc deficiency, zinc sulfate has been shown to reduce the severity of acne. Interesting. Zinc picolinate. That's the one that we got off of Amazon because every store in our 25-mile radius is out of zinc right now. Why? Because of the information that I'm giving you right now. 
So zinc picolinate is what we just got. Some research suggests that your body may absorb this form better than other types of zinc, including zinc gluconate and zinc citrate. Zinc orotate. This form is bound to orotic acid and one of the most common types of zinc supplements in the market. And the last one I've got here, zinc citrate. One study showed that this type of zinc supplement is well absorbed as zinc gluconate, but it has less bitter, more appealing taste. That's so. If I'm taking it in pill form, I shouldn't be tasting it, right? Anyway, we got the pickle in it, just because that's what we got. We ordered from Amazon. It's all good. So, okay. Multivitamin. Make sure the multivitamin has a sufficient amount of vitamin D and zinc and copper because of the zinc. If you don't do that, please, by all means, take at least a vitamin D3 supplement and a zinc supplement before you catch COVID-19 because it does take a while to transform the D you take and the D that you get from the sun into the active D hormone that your body's using to do what it does with it. So take it before you get it. Make sure you've got it working in your system before you get something. Don't necessarily have to take it every day, but have it in your body before you catch it. Anyway, it's turned into a little bit of a long episode. Please join me Saturday next month on the 7th. That is November 7th. Please join me in the first ever community chat. FatTruckerPodcast.com forward slash community hyphen chat. I'll also have a link in the show notes. All you have to do is scroll down while you're listening to this and click on the link. Please join me. I don't want to be in there by myself. Until then, I think I won't record one between now and then unless we start getting sick. So, until then, until next time, y'all, keep it between the lines and key to one.